Let us commence our service this afternoon by singing together hymn number 261 to the tune St. Stephen 229. It is the Lord, enthroned in light, whose claims are all divine, who has an undisputed right to govern me and mine. Hymn 261.
Let us read together from the Holy Word of God in the prophet Daniel and chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant of mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments, we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of face, as at this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel, that are near and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven them, because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us by his servants the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law even by departing that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And he hath confirmed his words which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil for under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses all this evil is come upon us yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works, which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. And now, O Lord our God, that hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and hast gotten the renown as at this day, We have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, 
I beseech thee that thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because of our sins, for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now, therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O Lord, O my God, incline thine ear, hear and hear, open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, that of course is the angel Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, that I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter, and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people, and upon thy holy city, to finish the transgression, and to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of the abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined, shall be poured upon the desolate. May the Lord bless the reading of his own word, grant unto us a spirit of real prayer. Holy, 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 
Lord God Almighty, which is and art and art to come. We bow before thy great majesty, and like thy servant Daniel, we come with confession. Confession of our sins, our shortcomings, our ill manners in this wilderness journey. We pray to be delivered from our sins and from the power of sin by faith in Jesus Christ. We pray to be led and taught and guided and directed by the Holy Spirit and that the word of truth may be a living word unto us. Oh, we pray that thou wouldst guide us, O thou great Jehovah. We're pilgrims in a barren land. We are weak and thou art mighty. Hold us with thy powerful hand. Oh, we we pray that this afternoon uh, we may feel thy presence as we gather round thy word and as we gather round thy table, that we may truly worship thee in spirit and in truth, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ may rest upon us, and the love of God the Father, and that sacred fellowship of the Holy Spirit may be known and felt as we gather around thy word. We pray to be led of the Spirit of God, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We pray that there may be power in the preaching, in the reading of thy word, in the singing of thy praises. And we pray that as the word is preached, there may be that power and unction in the pew, that sinners' hearts may be opened, and that thy people may be refreshed and renewed and replenished, and that we may grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We pray, O Lord, that thou wouldst bless each one of our brethren and sisters in church fellowship. Bless us with that rich grace to love each other and to love thee, and that, that we may live to thee and that we may be enabled to honour thee in all we do, we do humbly beseech thee. We, we feel how short we come. Oh, do grant us that godliness which is with contentment, which is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we shall carry nothing out. And we pray that each one present here in the sanctuary this afternoon may feel the sweet power and grace of the Holy Ghost may be moved in spiritual things. Uh, There may be those that shall be brought uh, from spiritual death into spiritual life, and those that shall be brought from spiritual darkness into spiritual light. Lord, grant that it may be so. It is thy work and thy work alone that can accomplish this. We've sung together, O Lord, in our opening hymn, that thou art the sovereign Lord of heaven and that thou hast a sovereign right to govern me and mine. And Lord, it is so. And we pray for that same spirit that thou didst grant to thy servant Eli. It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. May we be submissive to thy heavenly mind and will. Whatever comes, O Lord, in our pathway. However dark, however trying, however perplexing, however sorrowful it may be, we know that thou art too good to be unkind. Thou art too wise to err. 
and all is for our spiritual profit and good. We would, O Lord, be submissive to thy heavenly mind and will concerning us. Enable us to commit our way unto the Lord and to trust also in thee. We do humbly beseech thee. And uh, uh, remember this village. Send out the glory and light of the gospel into this village. May the power that brings salvation be exerted in the word. Remember the surrounding villages and hamlets. That many precious souls may be gathered in. And the strongholds of Satan pulled down. And the kingdom of our Lord Jesus set up in the hearts of sinners. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty, and ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness. Thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. Dear Lord Jesus, we read of thee in the word. He shall go forth conquering and to conquer. Lord, may we see it in our day. May we see that sovereign power. We thank thee, Lord, for those uh, uh, among our churches who in these past uh, uh, two or three weeks have put thee on in an open profession of thy great name. We're thankful, Lord, thou art still working and uh, the preaching of the gospel is still effectual. We pray that there may yet be an abundant harvest. Thou hast said, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Oh, we do seek so to do. Meet with us, Lord, as we gather round the table of the Lord in the close of this service. Grant that we may truly worship thee, that we may truly remember thee, and that our hearts may be knit together in love, that we may remember those awful sufferings of our precious Redeemer. We thank thee, most gracious Lord, for our little house of prayer. We thank thee for the supply of all our many returning needs. We thank thee that thy mercies to each one of us are new every morning and great is thy faithfulness. We thank thee for the wonderful glory of the incarnation of the Son of God, made of a woman, made under the law, that he might redeem them that are under the law. We thank thee for that holy law that we have broken, he has fulfilled and brought in everlasting righteousness. We thank thee uh, that he took our sins and nailed them to his cross. He, he suffered and bled and died in our room, place and stead. O oh Lord, we, we do thank thee. He died for our sins and rose again for our justification and has now ascended into glory and indeed, O oh Lord, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Come and touch one's lips with a live coal from off the heavenly altar. We ask for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Let us now sing together. Hymn number 803, the second part, the tune is Martyrdom 182.
and did the darling Son of God for sinners deign to bleed, the purchase of that precious blood must needs be rich indeed. Hymn 803, the second part.
greatly feeling to need the Lord's gracious help, I would direct your attention to the chapter that we read, Daniel chapter 9 and uh, verse 26. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the pity, the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Daniel was given here a vision. And uh, it was given to him as he prayed to the Lord. And uh, these records in Holy Scripture uh, should be an encouragement to us to pray. And we read in the prophecy of Isaiah that while they are yet speaking, I will answer them. And we find this here with the Lord's servant, Daniel. The setting, of course, is Daniel uh, was the right-hand man of the kings during the captivity of the children of Israel in the land of Babylon. And this was just when the Medes and the Persians took over from the Babylonian kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. They overran the city of Babylon. And so it says in the first verse, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And of course, it was coming to the end of the 70 years. It is um, believed by many that Daniel would have probably been about 14, 15 years old at the time when the children of Israel were taken into captivity when Nebuchadnezzar overran the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem and he burned it with fire. Uh, And at that time, Daniel would have been about 14 years of age or 16 years of age. And and as we know from the book of Daniel, uh, he was given much instruction, went to what we would call school or university and by Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, that he and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, uh, they, they were so far above all the others in intellectual power. It, it actually says in the scripture they were ten times better than all that were around him. So uh, they were given very prominent positions in the government, what you might say the civil service, of the land of Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. And the remarkable thing is that Daniel remained in those prominent positions even when the Medes and the Persians overran the Babylonian Empire. Daniel was still elevated to what is similar to the Prime Minister. And uh, he, he, the Lord had given him much wisdom And uh, no doubt a very moderate man, you can tell that by the way that he speaks. Now, 
So he knew by the reading of books. Do we read the book of God? You know, the um, in Joshua, and Joshua is a wonderful character in the Old Testament. He's one of the few characters that we find that the Lord never, never rebuked him. He, he was a man that walked uprightly all the days of his life. And so, um, such a witness, the life of Joshua was, that it says in the closing part of Joshua, that the children of Israel followed the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. You see, the wonderful influence he had on Israel for his generation and the generation following. But if we, if we just look at the book of Joshua, chapter 1, and at verse 6, and these are the exhortations the Lord gave unto Joshua when he was about to lead the children of Israel over Jordan and into the promised land. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, and that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And we, we see this same pattern with godly Daniel. Now, when he realised it was coming to the time when the Lord would deliver Israel from the Babylonian captivity and return them to Israel, he, he didn't just think, well, the Lord's going to do this and fold his arms and say, well, I, I can sit back. No, he said, I set my face unto the Lord, God, to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto, unto the Lord my God and made my confession. So we have the record of his prayer here. The prayer of a godly man. He humbles himself. He confesses his sins and the sins of the children of Israel. And, and then he says in verse 9, To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. And, and he goes on in that prayer, and he said, We make our prayer for thy name's sake. You just look at, uh, verse 17, Now therefore, our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. You know, the Lord Jesus said, Whatsoever ye ask in my name, we have no right to ask God for any, anything. We're sin. We're sinners. We're born sinners. We live sinners. We're alienated from God. But in scripture, we are taught that we ask for Jesus Christ's sake. You know, that's 
very essential in any of our prayers for Jesus Christ's sake. And as Daniel here, he says, O my God, incline thine ear, and hear, open thine eyes, and behold our desolations, and the city that is called by my name, thy name, for we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. That's, that's the grounds that we come to God. And then in verse 20, and whilst I was speaking, you know, what an encouragement to us to wrestle with the Lord. And whilst I was speaking, and praying, and confessing my sin, and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, that of course is the angel Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. And listen to what the Lord says to him through Gabriel. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. There were 70 years captivity. And uh, here, as it often is in prophetical language, it says uh, um, 70 weeks. That actually interpreted correctly is 70 years. 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins. Now, all these things point, you, you, you notice in verse 25, it says, the Messiah, the Prince. That's Christ, of course. The Prince of the Kings of the Earth. The Messiah is the Anointed One. Messiah, the Prince. You see, and he will do what is written in verse 24. To make an end, to finish the transgression, and to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So the Lord was revealing unto his servant Daniel what Christ was going to do, and what Christ was going to accomplish. He was going to finish the transgression of his people. We all have sinned and come short of his glory, but Christ has fulfilled the law. On the behalf of his people, for his people. He lived here upon earth as a man and fulfilled and honoured the holy law of God on the behalf of his people. To bring honour and glory to his eternal father. And, and he was crucified on Calvary to finish the transgression. Why was he crucified on Calvary? He was crucified because the father laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And when those sins were laid on him, as the apostle says, he took our sins and nailed them to his cross. That's what Christ has done. And in doing so, he finished the transgression. He fulfilled the law. 
He satisfied all the demands of divine justice. And, and the church is accepted and justified in and through the precious person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. To finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity. Oh, my beloved friends, if the Lord was just open to us a little of what Christ has done, he's finished the transgressions of his people. He's made an end of their sins. And he's made reconciliation for iniquity. And to bring in everlasting righteousness. I, I do love, there are two verses in Psalm 119. Uh, and it says, thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. And that's mentioned twice in Psalm 119. That, that's the righteousness of Christ. It is an everlasting righteousness. He makes his people righteous forever. He does. That glorious everlasting robe of the righteousness of Christ clothes his people and they are made righteous forever. It's an everlasting righteousness. I, I find this a most beautiful and most sacred expression and to bring in everlasting righteousness. And then he goes on here in verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score. You young people, you may not understand what a score is. A score is 20. I was an apprentice butcher when I left school. And at that time, it may still be the case. Pigs were all sold by the score. So it's three score and so many pounds, which means 60 plus whatever pounds was added onto it. And that is how that was calculated. And here it says three score, that's 60 and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after, and this is of course the rebuilding of the Jerusalem by Nehemiah and then eventually the building of the temple by Zerubbabel. And they were all rebuilt, even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. You know, it would be quite a difficult to fully understand and grasp unless the Holy Spirit opened to you the Messiah, of course, is the Son of God. The Prince of the Kings of the Earth. That's who the Messiah is. He was cut off, but not for himself. But not for himself. We come this afternoon to celebrate uh, and uh, to remember the, the solemn yet sacred service of remembrance concerning our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. We have the bread which represents, as Christ himself said, this is my body, broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And then we, we drink of the cup, the wine, and uh, just as Christ instituted it, this is the New Testament in my blood. 
this do ye in remembrance of me. And uh, you see, shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. You know, in the um, prophecy of Isaiah, in the 53rd chapter, it speaks of Messiah being cut off. Uh, That beautiful chapter which speaks of the sufferings of Christ and of what he accomplished to redeem his people. And, and it says in the eighth verse, he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? He was cut off out of the land of the living. Then he tells us why. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, that's resurrection and life. In verse 5, those beautiful words, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. And, and this is the meaning of the word that is before us. It's really just the first clause of verse 26 that seemed to stand out to me. But after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, but not for himself. He was wounded for our transgressions. What a mercy if you and I can really spiritually relate to that by faith, that Christ suffered and bled and died for our sins. He was wounded for our transgressions he, he was cut off out of the land of the living for our sins he suffered he bled and died for the sins of his people at the very heart of the Christian gospel there is sin and salvation sin brings condemnation and darkness and unless we're redeemed from it eternal misery forever That's what sin brings. But Christ came to put an end to sin. Christ came to put an end to sin. And that is exactly what he did. When when he lived that holy, pure and righteous life, he he lived under the law as a man. He fulfilled it. He honoured it. He did no sin. Christ did no sin. That is a fundamental doctrine of our most holy faith. You might say, why is it so fundamental? If Christ had sinned, there would be no salvation. It was essential that there should be a a virgin birth, then he is not tainted by Adam's sin, and it was essential that he would live a life that was sinless. It was sinless. It was righteous. He's called my righteous servant. Christ is called my righteous servant. It's his father speaking of him. 
You see, that bringing in and to bring in everlasting righteousness. It's everlasting because he's not just a man. He's not just a good man. He's not just a righteous man. He's the God man. That that righteousness wrought out by Christ is eternal righteousness. It's everlasting righteousness. It's of infinite value and worth. And that everlasting righteousness of Christ clothes the people of God. And uh, he was cut off, but not for himself. Because the Father laid upon him the iniquity of us all. That's why he was cut off out of the land of the living. He died for our sins. He rose again for our justification. You know, this, this bringing in of the everlasting righteousness. And isn't it so beautifully set forth in the book of the Revelation in chapter 7? And when John was given that vision and... Uh, the elders speak to him in verse 13, and one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they. This is the whole church of God, of course. These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, it's a beautiful connecting word. They washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them. And shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. You know, my beloved friends, through the cross, behold the crown. It is through the cross of Christ that we are redeemed and delivered. It's because Christ was cut off, not for himself, but for the sins of his people. It's because he took our sins and he nailed them to his cross. He paid the ultimate price. He gave his life. I lay down my life for my friends. This is the, the meat and marrow of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come, shall destroy the city. That is, of course, a prophecy of the Roman armies, the prince that shall come. And when Christ was here upon earth, Israel was a colony of the Roman Empire. And, uh, and that's what it means here. And, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city after the Jews condemned Christ to death, after they said in that awful way, his blood be upon us and upon our children. It was uh, the Emperor Titus, the Roman Emperor Titus. The, the Jews were so rebellious that he came down upon Jerusalem with a great army and he literally destroyed it stone by stone. 
Tens of thousands of Jews were slaughtered. They were so rebellious. As you know, I was in Rome uh, just recently, and it, it was said there about Titus bringing 50,000 um, of the Jews back to Rome as slaves. And, and they built Rome by those slaves. 50,000 Jewish slaves were brought back. And that was, of course, under the Emperor Titus. And uh, these things are recorded in Holy Scripture. Uh, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. Uh, and unto the end of the war, desolation. Ah, Determined. That was upon the Jewish nation. And after that, they were scattered quite literally to the four corners of the earth. And that was the solemn and awful judgment of God in answer to their solemn words, his blood be upon us and upon our children. Well, may the Lord be pleased to bless his word and to grant that it may be made a living word in each one of our hearts and it may remain with us and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off but not for himself. May the Lord add his blessing.